Gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the Conspiracy Castle. I'm your conspiracy asshole, and we have such a special guest, the one, the only, Andreas Exertis. This guy knows all about Tartaria. He's going to break down Disney. And listen, this guy's at the top level. I mean, he works with a lot of the top guys in the uh, uh, truth community. So, Andreas, I look up to you. I respect you. It's an honor and a pleasure to have you on. I'm sorry that we had kind of a miscommunication and that I wasn't on time. But, dude, Andreas, it's such, it's, like I said, thank you for being on the show. It's really a pleasure. Didn't I put you on your toes? I feel like I came twenty minutes early or something. Just to oh, did you? you? Yeah. I, I didn't even know that. I thought we were. I thought I was late. I thought I was late. I had so much cat hair on me. I thought I was late, dude. Maybe you, put you know me on what? My toes. That's so much more beautiful. Like the way you exist is actually more. I'm. I have more pride in you than I do in most of humanity. If we were in Sodom and Gomorrah and some angels, didn't were, I put you on your toes? I feel like I can't ask me. There's one person worth not turning everyone into a pillar of salt over. I'd be like, dude, Alex Stein's pretty cool. You should probably talk to that. Okay. Wow! Hey, Same. let's t- let's talk about Sodom and Gomorrah because we'll talk about paganism. What do you Fun. think? Well, what do you think about um, uh, Christmas? Because I did a debate recently, and I'm not anti-Christmas, but but listen, Santa Claus is based in Santa Claus and Satanism and paganism culture. Uh, you know, because that's what they did is you know the the winter solstice celebrating cutting down the fur. Even it says in Jeremiah 10 not to do it and anoint it with uh, with gold and silver. And that's the whole point of the holidays because that was the only tree that was able to stay green during the winter so what do you think about the satan the satanic roots of uh, christmas man you're like you're saying what i want to say but like you're selling a car it's so much better that's exactly <laughs> what i believe no that's yeah. so happy soul invictus belated i'm just saying it's actually everything you just said is totally true so you know let's look at this hot item right here we have on the show for the next 30 seconds and everyone wants to buy it they can go to this number i, I just want to do it too hey, uh, and, soul and elaborate on soul invictus yeah because a yeah. lot of stuff not just christmas has kind of evolved from the story of soul invictus is that really quickly i do i do want to defend all the evil things you just said as decent though for here's the reason kids are so much weaker they are than our generation when i grew up i could just put a you know metal cassette tape in my teddy ruxpin and go and we're our parents were letting us uh, see more of the darkness of the world i was told about strangers and vans who have candy you know this whole idea that they have a facade <laughs> to let them in nowadays kids have a kid's version of an amazon prime and they don't even get to see like the good episodes of VeggieTales. so i'm pretty convinced that when we were young and we got to see evil parts of Disney movies, 
that actually kind of helps you because you chose it, right? As a kid, you're like, do I want to see, I could have seen the other cartoons that weren't, but I want to see the one that's the darkest adversary so I can see the person who overcomes it the strongest. Having said all that, yeah, stop stop it. If you take a Christmas tree and cut it down, you're doing it wrong. The idea of a Yule Tenenbaum should be that you have a tree that's outside that's your maypole and you can do stuff with it that's not necessarily evil. Leviticus says a lot of stuff. It also says not to drink blood. That's probably a good idea. <laughs> Uh, but I don't think you necessarily need to circumcise yourself. And if you put gold on your tree, you know, instead of on your fingers, you're probably wasting gold. That's my main thought with that. Although in terms of soul Invictus and Cinderclaus and like people being told that they have a judgment day coming, doesn't that seem kind of interesting that there is a pagan and uh, you're in Texas, right? Corpus yeah, Dallas. Christi, Dallas, Corpus, Dallas. You're Corpus. smart, Andre. So you remember stuff. You're good. I don't know. I was just thinking though, Corpus Christi means like the soldiers of Christ and pagan means to be like not, it means they're basically like a civilian, you know? So for a lot of the time, there are people that just don't know the depths of the stories and they don't realize that part of it is that this isn't just in the Bible. You've got uh, European traditions, you have the Tartarian stories, because as we know, history is a bunch of news that is fake news becomes fake history and it's old fake news. And we're looking at that like that's true. So all of these, these situations lead us to think, Oh, okay. Santa Claus is this Coca-Cola colored good guy who's trying to help us out when you've got, um, was it dad morose? I think is the, is the, the cosmic, uh, blue suited ice King of the Russians. And then that's the kind of, I think for the most part, people don't realize it's not the German and Scandinavian Icelandic, Sinterklaas with the uh, Krimpus. Uh, you could watch that movie Rare Exports. It's a Finnish movie where an American tries to dig up the frozen Titan that is the original Santa Claus and it unleashes it and all of these mall, naked mall Santa helpers just show up in Iceland and Finland and start getting people. Um, but, you know, in general, Santa Claus isn't the... There was a St. Nicholas, too. And so there are a lot more stories about like there's a guy who loved children and he, you know, didn't have any and he would give gifts to people in towns. I mean, these things also exist. Not everything has to be evil. It's just you shouldn't have blind faith as a child in anything. Maybe that's the thing we should teach our children. Well, it's weird. It's like we're just speaking the same thing. How I, you say the same thing. It's like that's all the same. And it's not saying, and not even the Christmas is bad because it's the spirit in your heart, how you celebrate it. You're not worshiping the devil. But when you look at the origins of it, the real origins, you nailed every single one of it. I mean, the Krampus, the Center Claus, the. I don't think we did Bacchus either. We know Dionysus cults, yeah. people sharing. There's a lot of horrible things. And you're right. I think people should look into those. Well, and then, and before we talk about like the Bacchanalias in, in Rome and like how that, how that came out of there, uh, well, I guess we'll talk, we'll talk about that, but why is that? Why, what is like a bacchanalia for the people at home, you know, like the, the, the Roman paganism orgies and stuff? Was that really what, in your opinion, like, is that the stories we get that they, everybody was just like having wild sex and, and, well, okay. So part, yeah. But part of the yeah. thing is you've got Saturnalia. So Saturnalia is already was a more common thing at a certain point. It, 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 it waxes. It's like Mardi Gras. Saturnalia yeah. is like a Mardi Gras kind of two-week festival. There's certain times, certain places, certain people like to do certain things, and it becomes more and more popular to a point that Mardi Gras becomes what happens all year round in some places. And, you know, for instance, in China, there's people that just, they take all the beads they're making for Mardi Gras, and they take all the Santa Claus hats and all the Hitler masks they make for Christmas Halloween, and then on their weekends, they put on their Mardi Gras beads, Hitler masks, and Santa Claus hats in gangs and just go on the streets because they have no context. That's what happened with the Mithra cult. That's what happened with Dionysus. But originally, you had the Mount Olympus, and you 
of the you know DuckTales goes into this now with uh, the Three Caballeros cartoon. On, we'll get into that later. But you've got the original gods die, and then there's Cassandra, and she's the gift of the goddess who has the prophecy, and no one can understand her. And Hestia. Hestia is with the Vestal Virgins who had the fireplace, and this is why you can't have a fireplace in California. The real reason. Because is of why? Satanism. Yeah, well, because Hestia was removed from the Mount Olympus chair so that Dionysus, Bacchus, could sit in her throne. And, you know, when this happened, then she had to evacuate the throne and went to the fireplaces. So the fireplaces became for the Vestal Virgins. And there's a whole thing against Vestal Virgins because of the dynamic with Juno and Hera uh, against Saturn. I'm uh, sorry, um, Crona, uh, Jupiter, who's, you know. Saturn is Cronus is the father of Jupiter who had a cesarean, you know, Caesar cesarean section where he's had his um, children. He swallowed, removed from him who are the new gods. And then they're now dying because they're old, according to the Thelemite traditions and theosophists. If you've seen, okay. Growing up in California, I feel like if you're in Austin, you're almost as dangerous I'm in Dallas, but yeah, I'm kind of, but dude, this is some I'm deep California you. history. Oh, I'm yeah. Okay, but this is deep. No, this is, I love it. No, I love it. Keep going. Dal- hey, Debbie does Dallas. I'm just saying. That's most, Austin, one of the most famous pornographies ever, guys. Debbie does Dallas. Everybody. Sorry, I did I didn't mean it like that, but I did, you know, but at yeah. the same time, Austin is a place where you have seen kind of a similar kind of occultist liberal agenda. So I don't know if you've seen or been to Austin outside. You'll see San Antonio has also got sort of the bowl art community that's built around the, the mythical and the uh, the the. What's the name? Moloch, right? Yeah. So there's a lot of people that worship the bull. But in California, you know, you have I had Satanists uh, teaching daycare. Wikipedia is Wikipedia. I don't know if you saw The Simpsons on that, but that's what? a thing. So Wikipedia is out Wicca, like Wicca magic. I felt like so much duh. I was like, oh, because they're making, ah, it's so obvious. Duh. This is what you guys, the craft. Oh, man, craft macaroni. Wow. So, but so much of the cult. So this is something I came up on a podcast I was talking about earlier. Um, um, this idea that you know people are like, is it a psyop? You know, it's like, well, yeah. But like the thing about a psyop is that it means often it doesn't necessarily mean this, but it usually means that the person doing the psyop doesn't necessarily believe the thing they're saying, right? And often you get this other thing, which is um, you know, evangelicism of the theosophy or of. Um, you know, like Epiphany is coming on January 6th, right? You know, that's what January 6th really is and always has been because it's the end of Christmas, the day before they burn the tree down at the end of, a, you know, this is the Epiphany. It means, uh, you know, Tiffany and Theophany, that's in the Matrix, Resurrection, that's what they've called Trinity in this movie. <laughs> this Did you see theory. the new Matrix? I heard it's terrible. I, what, how bad was you know, it? Give us your one minute review. Uh, uh, it's a satire on the matrix in its defense. They said at the very beginning, I'm sure this is true that they were going to make it no matter what. And they bring in, you know, Keanu as basically the, uh, you know, the writer saying, okay, I don't want to do this. The last thing I want to do, which is true. I'm sure Lon Okowski wants to do anything else and then make that movie. Probably want to make a movie about this and that. And they wouldn't let him after cloud or her after yeah. cloud Atlas. And so then they say, okay, we're going to have, uh, a matrix. Well, you can do whatever you want with it. So this is kind of the thing that makes it interesting. Here's all the problems. It's a sit down movie. It shouldn't have been, they should have been like, if they were sitting down, the room should have been floating around them or something, but we're all older now, I think. So they're thinking that people want to sit down. Having said that it's a cool movie. Cause it's not about which pill you take. It's about making your own choice. Um, there's a few things in there that are actually decent and worth watching. I the think. predictive then, programming and the symbolism in the movie you think is worth oh, it. Yeah. And, this, and this, the, the sat, Satire 
on our uh, reality of of people that are plugged in as as agents now well, is still very relevant. And well, so that, I think it's still worth it. As a, a satire on the Matrix, it's not well, a Matrix movie; it's a satire on the Matrix. Well, that's a good point I want to make is like, guys, when you see like movies and they're like, you know, re-impersonating the like, like how it is in America and it's like in the future and it's like little crappy cars. That's really what like the, the earth is. We don't look at it like that. We think like Hertz looks normal, but really it's just a cheap looking logo. Like everything is just cheap and fake. It's just people don't realize the, the fake, cheap, sterile world that we really live in. Uh, I forget why I'm, I was making that point, but that, that's it's the matrix. Real. It's a material yeah. illusion. And we're almost at that point where everyone's wearing a VR headset that shows you whatever ads you want to see. And if you don't have that headset on, everything will look like Poland in the seventies, you know? And, and yeah, I guess, I guess, I guess that's what the metaverse is. I mean, isn't that us choosing to go into a pod and basically plug into a computer? Now they have gloves. You can touch stuff and it feels like you're actually touching the stuff. I mean, is that what they want? They're going to say for climate changing, just plug into this tube, your brain into this tube. You think? Another thing I've been thinking about a lot, right, is like people keep asking, do you think the war is uh, coming or did it, you know, like, is this, the, this is the war I say, I think there's already been a war going on for decades. And I noticed this when I was in South America, that the rice on the bottom shelf had arsenic in it and the rice on the top shelf like, at six feet and like above my head. So the person who's, you know, four foot 11 cannot reach it. And it's also expensive for me. It's like seven times the price for the decent rice, but the rice of the bottom floor is imported from China and it's grown in a place near nuclear testing or uh, lithium battery. It could be plastic. I've seen YouTube videos where it's plastic. Yeah, that's true. There's a lot of counterfeit stuff in China that's more uh, controlled now, though, because there was, I think it was 2008 or 12, there was a baby milk uh, formula uh, pandemic thing, which was a PSYOP scare as well, because it started teaching them about, you know, counterfeiting stuff like, hey, this stuff might end up in China. It might not just go out of this country anymore. We have to be very careful. So all of a sudden, they, they actually have certain regulations. But the thing is, they've exported these things. The Codex Alimentarius and Agenda 21, long before Davos or Agenda 30, said are acceptable. So people are eating nuclear uh, waste because that's a way they, they think is healthy for nuclear waste to be digested. Through cattle is ideal in Brazil, but also they're cloning all the beef you've seen, right? Like all the cow that you eat and have eaten for the last 20 years is all cloned. They're getting, and you look up these well, articles. Andreas, crazy, I had to cut you off real quick. I'm plant based, and everybody says I'm oh, doing this. And I, 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 you are too, or no, uh, no, no. I yeah. just, I just think I like it when people make their own decisions. Yeah, you know? but people say I'm, 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 you know, furthering the Bill Gates 2030 agenda, and that I'm terrible. But honestly, I buy cat food. I buy meat, so I'm not anti meat. Like I realize we do need to give. We <laughs> I did, still worship my Egyptian goddess Beset. You know, exactly. Well, I do. I worship, and I talk so plasmosis <laughs> from dealing with the fecal matter. I have a parasite in my brain. It's called crazy cat. Lady syndrome. And man, and the first step is self awareness. That's really good, though. For you. Uh, I look into yeah. the mirror a lot, I, you know, and I'm gaining some weight. My New Year's resolution is to lose weight. I need to get a lean like you, Andres. But but back I to eat a lot of meat. I don't eat a lot of vegetables anymore. I used to be a vegan, and then I switched. But I how think long the, did you do the plant based vegan lifestyle? Because you seem smart. Like you seem like you know, like yeah, why would you go back after you tried that? You know. So okay, I was like sixteen, and I was like a hundred and five pounds. That's when I started it and being vegan. And I was vegan until I was twenty seven, twenty seven. Wow! And you quit. 
Yeah. When I was in South America, especially though, I started like eating food with people. And that was, I think very Indiana Jones moment where I was like, not going to re- refuse food from somebody who's speaking to me in Quechua, you know, mm-hmm. like in the middle of the Bolivian mountains. Like, when in no. Rome. Yeah. yeah. And like these people don't even eat that often anyway. So I was like, okay, yeah. They had, like one like, goat, they ate the whole month or something. Yeah. And you have some fat <laughs> from that just cooked in all of your food. And eventually I'm like, okay, I'm not going to, you know, cause I had friends who were like, I don't want lard in my beans in my vegan burrito, you know, yeah. and all these things. And it was, it got to a point where I said, I'm not even vegan. I'm orthorexic. I'm like only eating things that I qualify as being ortho. That's what it is. Yeah, explain that again. Orthorexic. I don't know. Like orthodox, anorexic. I'm only eating perfect foods and I'm, I'm starving myself of anything. I don't think is perfect. Well, that's why I got to cut you off again because I do feel bad. I should be having fish. I should be having a fish oil. Like I'm missing some sort of important nutrients by not eating meat. You know, if the fish are leaving their fecal matter in the seaweed and you're getting your B12 and you're, you could like literally be fine. I mean, PETA doesn't care. PETA wants to grow they don't want uh, unethical treatment of animals. They didn't say you can't eat them. They want to grow meat. And then when they can grow human, there's no reason if you can't, it's case law. If you can eat a meat grown from your toenail, then why not? And I think that's what they're, they're headed towards is making cannibalism totally fine. I don't know if you've seen some of the YouTube videos from NPR and um, you know, the, yeah, the, what's it called? They have like a series for science for kids. If you just type in cannibalism, a good thing, question mark on YouTube, you'll find a bunch of videos aimed at eight to 15 year old kids and on it, how it's good for you. Which there's is just like, some article how saying if people go to Mars, they'll have to be cannibals or something. That was like on top, one of the top articles well, on daily mail. That's fun. And it synchronizes with the time machine, HG Wells, right. And the Morlocks. So we will probably devolve into or fragment into. Well, well I want to go back to a point you said though, because you know, you said like, well, is it that bad? I mean, I hate obviously the medical industry, you know, the, and I'm, I'm basically a medical socialist because like the government probably should subsidize it. It shouldn't cost $200 for insulin and then cost $2 in Mexico. What it costs 200 in Texas, but they know? don't have socialized medicine in Mexico. So that, so well, I'm not quick, even talking I, about socialized medicine that's what i'm saying i don't yeah. i don't i don't real quick real, go ahead, real go quick because you did it i just want to yeah. make it clear for your audience why i feel like the options are here so yeah. let's say you go to europe and they're paying for britney spears there's socialized britney spears let's do that instead what do you mean like socialized britney, britney spears don't, Social- just fr- don't just freer i want socialized britney spears cds for everyone some okay. people can't afford them and other people deserve them and so okay. what we'll do is people that can afford the britney spears cds will pay for three or four britney spears cds and that way the people that can pay for zero still get one right yeah. we'll be able to saturate the market. That's what we're doing with social medicine and with pharmaceuticals. If you go to China, though, you can buy a copy of a Britney Spears CD for like cents on the dollar, on the yon, you know, on the one. So if you think about it, you're way better off just having counterfeit generics that are floating, floating the market in Mexico. And that's, I want that anarcho-capitalism. Well, I just look like this is like we got to pay taxes and our military industrial complex is literally sucking us dry. Our space programs, are, they're saying they're subsidizing SpaceX and all that stuff. You know, that's yes. a bunch of bullshit. I mean, we got to figure out where we could actually use this money. And our veterans, look how we treat our veterans. So, you know, our government is so mentally incapable. They're, they're incompetent. <laughs> they're, not, they're not able to actually fix their problems. That's the problem, Andreas. 
Restream brought just brought up the IMSS, which is like the International Mexico or no the 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 Mexico I forget what it is like the Immuno Mexicano Social it's like a Social Security fund. Not everyone gets medicine from that, and a lot of people still have to pay more for generics. It just seems like relative because things are still cheaper in Tunisia and Mexico. Almost. And, and, and but this is the thing. It's like so when I'm saying that, like I don't really want socialized medicine, but I mean I feel like you know we got to somehow you know get government control over it. I just feel like that. But at the same time, is it better to have a system where we can grow a liver off a pig or is it better to have the Chinese system where you just get a you Uyghur slave and you, you rip out their kidney to replace it well, for a rich man? I definitely want to grow 3D printed organs. But again, that comes from the anarcho freedom that happened in Silicon Valley. There was a while there, by the way, when Silicon Valley was just run by Randis and we all wanted to have, you know, our own little startup groups and our startup groups had meetups and we had kickstarters and what was it like the uh, BioCurious was a lab I used to work with that we did, you know, genetics uh, in a lab and we would take um, apart like the DNA, send it to Japan, get the software from Twist uh, Bioscience, which used to be called Genome Compiler. And then we'd build things so that we could maybe give ourselves blue hair with an adenoviral vaccine someday. I mean, the things that people were trying to do were so wild, but that was all because it was allowed, you know, and now there's regulations and everything, and you won't be able to get away with that. There's only a few companies that are going to be ending up growing up uh, these organs. But theoretically, if we were able to do this with the kind of equipment we had, almost anyone should be able to uh, bio grow in a 3D printer with sucrose and uh, gelatin and salts and with protein sequences, a organ. I mean, I think the first one was a pancreas, which really isn't the most amazing organ to print, but still it, it, it proves the, 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 you know, efficacy and it can be, it was done in like 2010, I think, or 2012 that we finished that. So that's yeah. better. Yeah. I mean, we, we should already be able to do that. I actually agree. We got a $10 super chat. Thank you so much. Fat planet. Uh, but do they have cures to cancer? Do they have cures to, uh, these diseases and they're hiding them or you don't, you don't believe that Andreas, do you? Because this is what I'm saying. Well, I just, I, you know, they tell you that they can just do all this stuff. We got this James Webb satellite that we can't turn back on earth and all this. So we can do all this scientific, incredible stuff, but we can't cure like diabetes or we can't cure like athlete's foot or, you know what I mean? It's, it's just, I mean, I, I hate to be one of those guys who say that the raw food diet really helps with type two diabetes, but it does. So I can, diabetes is curable. Eh? It would yeah, die so and exercise. So, so that's a bad example. Not, I want not to, all the type one, yeah. type one, still yeah. hard to deal with. The thing yeah. is so much of that probably has to do, you know, when I started looking into SIDS, uh, it's an infant death syndrome for babies. Well, we know what and, that is, and I don't. We can't talk about it on YouTube. Oh my God, yeah, thank, we, you, thank you, thank yeah, you. For I making mean, the point. obviously, it, yeah, it's, so. it's clearly the click of the pen. Yeah, and so you have to wonder what else is being affected by the similar legislation and bureaucracy. So I have to also say the same thing is is going on now. We're like, are we creating more uh, problems than we are creating solutions with these things? Obviously, right? Yeah. But at the same time, there's there's some benefits there i think we also we were able to get a seven chemical layer perforation machine and start fabricating aspirin at a better uh quality that is better for the blood the blood barrier there, there are things that are good i do remember though in the 90s people used to have this urban legend they're like or a joke actually they're like what if bill gates got aids wouldn't it be cured like instantly 
Yeah. Well, you know, I kind of think that's what they do. Like to a metaphorical extent, they've put people in a situation like Tony Stark, where he's got this thing he has to replace on his chest. Well, why does Steve Jobs hours. die though? Why does Steve Jobs die? I mean, I agree with you that you should, you think Bill Gates would be able, because these guys are the biggest transhumans, uh, transhumanists ever. They so will figure Steve, out Jobs, Steve Jobs was a Janist and he didn't eat meat either. He only ate flowers, you know? So there's a lot of, there's a lot going on with him in the boat and him getting off the boat. I don't even, yeah, that's probably worse to talk about than the other thing. But what, what is true is that they have created subscription to life plans for people that you've seen. This exists in Africa. If you have HIV, you can give someone a treatment for the AIDS. Uh, um, what's the word for it? You get your white uh, blood cell count to normal. Right. Well, there's there's a few there's a few other things you can do besides with monoclonal antibodies so that you can't even spread HIV now. And so you can literally just exist like Magic Johnson can like just a prep. exist. Like what they yeah. use prep or whatever, basically. Is that the same thing, basically? But there's also uh, things you can do to change someone's DNA sequence, right? Which is kind of more the more interesting thing about Dr. Malone Explain. that no one's talking about. But we want to talk about Dr. Malone, but everybody keeps on talking about it changes your DNA and we can't talk. We got to be kind of careful. But how do you change a DNA? How does the structure of a DNA cool. change? So all the DNA changes? Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. So when I was a little boy and I was at the BioCurious <laughs> lab, what we studied was uh, we had a genome compiler. And what you'll do is you'll collect a bunch of sequences. So my best friend growing up joey his dog was uh the first dog to have his dna sequence i think oh. dogs have 72 pairs i believe and i can forget but there's all kinds of animals that are in the ucsc data genomics research uh library and his mom and his mom's husband were the, you know, the in charge of the lab for decades doing all this research. UCSC is also where the human genome was originally sequenced. Uh, a friend of mine who's working with Mac systems in college nine actually was a part of the program that said, Oh, they're, they think that it's going to take them 20 years. We can do this in a you know, few weeks. So, so much of the information that came out destroyed what we understood about genetics. And so for before that, you have Darwin at the same time as John Edmonston, who was friends you know, with him and was a taxidermist. And he was the guy who got the real information. But Darwin was really deeply interested in theosophy. And at the same time, Blavatsky was on her boat. And so Blavatsky made a lot more... Um, theoretical uh philosophical ideas uh about about evolution about humanity about race and well is darwin not philosophical i mean in a way no, i guess he looked at birds that's, okay, that's, sorry, that's what i'm trying that's actually what i'm trying to say is that he darwin got these ideas more than people realize from blavatsky whether or not they met like because they were on boats at the same time is even plausible they could have been just like ships in the night. But clearly there was a lot of information that was exchanged either way. And most of the great scientific research was from John Edmondson, not really from Darwin. But what we now know, like for instance, what's a pachyderm? You know, let's get into uh, this doesn't exist anymore. It used to be a name for things because from the outside in, we're looking and we're saying, okay, these things look alike, so they're related. But now we know they're not, you know, and so we have, we have to completely destroy an entire genus and get down to what a metazoa is and how we define a siphonosporic jellyfish because it has different DNA sequences in different parts of these different organisms that have come together to make a collective. Uh, and Andres, a bird's beak getting longer is adaptation. That's not evolution. I mean, you know, right, I, mean, well, I mean, like, so this is why DuckTales is about dragons because dinosaurs had feathers and you can take the teeth. What about dinosaurs? Let's talk about dinosaurs because I. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're not just dragons. 
Thank just you. Giant birds. Uh, They're thank just giant birds. But yes. not all birds are the same. And so this is the other thing. People are like, well, all birds are away. No, not all birds are away either. And so sometimes, and this is the thing about reptiles, birds are technically reptiles. Um, ask a real lizard nut and he'll know. <laughs> I mean, like, this, I feel like in Texas, real you lizard have nut. One, right? I have a turtle. No, there's lizard nuts. There's reptile nuts. Yeah, they it's, know. I, I mean, yeah, yeah, for sure. I, yeah. I love, I love animals. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure that there's a lot to them though, besides what we think, because you look at the sequences of DNA and you'll say, Hey, the same sequences in humans have animals similar. are better than humans, dude. I could pull up a video. Animals. I, well, I, don't, I don't even want to, but I just saw a video of this guy on a hiking a trail yelling at a handicapped guy for using an e-bike because e-bikes weren't allowed. <laughs> I'm just saying, in society, we're so we we like feed off this cortisol, uh, uh, like constant negative hormonal reaction. We just try to bring everybody down with us. It's we society's like disgusting right now, Andres. You yeah. have to. I mean, it's the worst. But that's it's ever but been. that's a but that's probably an animalistic aspect of it yeah. too and i think animals and humans are basically machines or priority driven pattern recognition systems that are trying and so humans are collectives of you know you're a bus full of gut fauna and of thoughts and you have this nervous system which is this way amazing looking thing that's way more um of a milieu than it is one or another of a coherency. There's so much of it. That's not just an individual. So that's why you have conflicting thoughts, conflicting instincts and the things that you're trying to do. Um, but I was going to say, sorry, DNA, some things have sequences like humans have certain sequences that only other animals have that we're not related to. And this is, only plausible if somehow we were able to transmit DNA through of breaking the blood brain barrier with an MAOI. In other words, if you ate raw flesh of a thing you just caught while it was just murdered, like when you're hunting it. So there's a lot of ideas that are coming up now about, about gene transfer and also gene flow. So like humanity we're, we have gene flow. It's a fascinating thing. The fact that all different kinds of humans can share the um, exo drivers so that they're able to cross uh, pollinate is it, is it, and go back and forth. Gene flow is, is a fascinating thing. Well, that's so why I don't eat the meat. Andres, that's why I don't like the meat because all the other cows see each other die. So they have all their testosterone, low vibrational energy. So when they die, you're eating that blood. You're eating their last hormonal response. So that, that's why you'd rather kill an animal that was running for its life, even though it has, you know, uh, it's just a different adrenal level than seeing its best friend and family get murdered murdered over oh and yeah over if you're if you're a oh, battery a, on a treadmill we got a oh, super yeah. chat 499 andreas is he joining from the conspiracy uh castle live from inside the tim cast castle lmao thanks for all you do 99 so i, I can neither i yeah. can neither confirm nor deny but you can you can definitely wonder we know. yeah they know yeah. they know yeah, it's okay. pretty clear yeah uh, okay. actually they Keep asked going. me earlier they were like wait you're gonna do something with conspiracy castle did they steal our name i'm like no actually no Dude. wait wait do they have it do they oh because they're they call their place like Castle, we're Cast Castle. Yeah. Wow, yeah. I didn't even know that. Yeah, no, but I've been conspiracy. I love it. I mean, <laughs> yeah, hey, you need to. You want to turn me? You want to be honest? You wonder about us for that. I'm on the ocean one hour somebody north said, of Boston. Somebody we could have awesome time. Keep got, up the great work, dude. Somebody wants to do a road trip, but yeah, we're dominating. People are loving you. Sorry, we're cutting you off with all the donations. Go ahead, Andreas. Uh, back to what we were talking about—the transhumanism, or I forget what the last thing you're even saying. Uh, <laughs> no, right? Okay, well, okay. So with genetics, we now know that these things that we used to describe by one way by looking at them is incorrect, and these other things are technically related because we can actually see the sequences of genetics as they flow and as things have moved. And we're saying, okay, this thing is related to this for real, and this thing is related to that for real. These are the new species, these are the new categories. 
And from that, we're able to manipulate genetics because we're saying, okay, well, this sequence does this because we could see what it did to this fish. It didn't freeze underwater or this sequence did this in this plant. And we have a data library catalog index of all sorts of sequences. So one time at BioCurious, we took a plant that was a, uh, it had phosphorus uh, sequence put in it from a kind of jellyfish. And so all of a sudden, when you move the plant, the plant lights up because it now has a sequence in it. And the way we did that was we took the sequence, we put it in the genome compiler using a, an old or rudimentary system at that time called promoter CAD, because it refers to the promoter sequences. And then we sent it off to Japan. They gave us a virus back in the mail and we completely change the genome. We also would make bioprinters using a coli. You know, you take a floppy disk drive. Uh, one of my older videos, I think make probably still has up um, how to make a bioprinter. And you can see how we took floppy disks and we're able to print with a coli and put our brand logo into the genetics. So, or we'll into the, into the, um, what's it called? The plasmoidal, you know, membrane, but you, this is, this is technology that's existed for a long time. And then we're just tweaking things back and forth. Like in a video game, you could say, well, okay, what if I took off the, um, you know, setting for gravity in this video game, but you're doing that to life. You're saying, okay, I'm going to take this and I'm going to turn it off. That's a big thing that scares people because with 23andMe and with all of these people, 23andMe just said, and I posted something recently about this, that they're going to start making drugs uh, based on the genetics, which will affect you in similar ways to some of these other kinds of more in, um, invasive medicines that we're becoming familiar well, with. Well, that's right a sci, but that's a sci up to 23andMe. You know, they want all of our, you know, data. They have it all. Yeah, that's yeah, done. It. No, so it's, so that it was a, yes, it's, it was a great sci up, a very successful one. And they honeypotted one of everyone's Alex, family. Alex, do a road Surely. trip show I mean, and Kevin come Bacon, visit me. Right? So you get I'm on the ocean one your, hour so north of Boston. Point, Everyone's have DNA. Awesome time. If someone Keep commits a crime the or they look into the DNA, they now have their cousin's DNA. So all of a sudden, catching people for genetic evidence is like the first thing that became really popular. The other thing is you started having um, plans for prison system reform being replaced in criminology with removing sequences that make people more hostile. And also the idea of using more docile genetics. If we're looking for people that have genes that we think make them more hostile or more fanatical, those can be targeted and those can be turned off. And that's the kind of thing that we're going to start seeing in the future as well is augmentation from the inside. I believe one in 44 kids is born with autism now. And it was one in like 40,000 in the 1970s something like that. And don't quote me, but I, I had a meme where I posted that. I mean, there's a lot of outside influences causing that. It's not just, uh, it's not done on accident. That's not a coincidence. So it's basically, they're, they're kind of super designing our future to be like docile autists, basically. I mean, integrating us into like integrated circuits into the chip, integrated chips into the circuit board, because some of us can become calculators that are variable and have floating operational points and can be used for specific services. And it doesn't even have to be, you know, it's not like you're literally wired down. Like you could actually just be part of the matrix and more easily susceptible on a level that's beyond what you're used to. But that doesn't mean that that's what is going on with autistic kids. It could also be that they're somehow adapting to the technology, to the effects, to become more hyper aware. I mean, people think sloths are really slow or that they sleep, um, you know, half the day. Really, that's because they put a sloth in a cage one time 
and then it was lonely and they realized, you know, this depressed thing was not moving much, but outside <laughs> in its own world, it it's actually hyperactive and just moving slowly because it's thinking so much faster and there's so much more processing happening. It could be that we're adapting. I'd like Is to see world that- evil. Is see world evil. Uh, yeah, I, I don't like what they did to the to the whales and the dorsal <laughs> fins and the dorsal fins in nature. They don't fold. And then in all the tanks of the killer whales, you know, their fin, whatever that fin is called, it doesn't fold. And, and you know, so, you know, in the normal habitat, there's a huge difference. And they're sure, all but remember there. whales like murder and rape and are, are terrible, too. And it's not yeah. just dolphins. It's all kinds of porpoises. And what are they called again? I don't um, know, marine life, but they're badass. I mean, they, they've taken some of those trainers. They grab them by the foot and purposely drown them. One, one whale killed six, I believe. I can't, Tilikum, I believe is the name of the killer whale. It has the most deaths. And I think Tilikum might still be in operation, but has literally done it the same, the, the same execution where they grab, he'll grab the instructor by the foot and take him to the bottom of the pool and just sit there. That was brutal, but again, yeah. I'm saying it's murder. smart enough. It knows. Yeah, they're, they're it's it's like, the, it's like, it's like, did you hear about those stupid monkeys that, that got a, a baby oh. monkey got bit by the dogs and they killed 250 dogs by carrying them on top of roofs and throwing them off a village? Whoa. Yes, it's just no, happened. No, I didn't. Yes, hey, I, ah, in a village. It's they killed happening. All 250 dogs. Here, I'm, let me pull. I'll tell you right now. So, it is, it is so I did. I've been talking about monkey slavery for a while now because Costco got in trouble because they had monkey slaves and, you know, they were using them to get coconuts to make coconut water. And then they fired them because everyone was upset about monkey slaves. I mean, they were giving them fruit and food and stuff, which is better. It was untaxed and they were living their lives, but they ended up shutting them down because there's no unionized monkey work. So essentially it's monkey slavery as far as the, the world economics we're, we're considering it but what do you, i was thinking what are the monkeys going to do after this i mean they, they now they don't have jobs there's not just monkeys anymore these are these are unemployed monkeys like everything has changed about these monkeys and see it's already starting to happen look vengeful monkeys that killed 250 dogs by throwing them from trees or captured two revenge driven monkeys who killed 250 dogs from wow. throwing them from buildings and trees have been captured the spate of fatal attacks is said to have been carried out um, uh, by killing and have acted of brutal vengeance over the past month. Reports suggest that their attacks were not restricted to just dogs and they've even targeted local children too. The villagers told News 18 website that packs of monkeys have been surrounding dogs, dragging them to high places. And, I mean, and, well, let's see where it is. Uh, 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 India. It says it's in India. Yeah, wow. In I mean, Maharashtra state. Yeah. So, I mean, the thing is, this is probably happening way more than people realize. There's a thing called uplifting. Do you know the Epstein connection to dolphins? By the way, no, but we know he invested in every kind of weird scientific thing. Yeah, fair. So, so God, yeah. Well, so so don't mess with cetaceans. I guess is the thing, or you know, and so there's the water ape theory that humans. Why do we have the hair the direction? Because we could swim. Because we're not like out of the trees, but out of the water. We or, are you know, water. We are water creatures because yeah. we have to drink it all the time. Because you can fast for a month, but you can't go a day without drinking water. You know, two days hardly without drinking water. Yeah, you and there's, can, a, there's a lot the 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 fat and things. We are very similar to cetaceans, the whales and, and dolphins and things like that. But um, there was so SETI search for extraterrestrial intelligence was originally called the Order of the Dolphin because originally there was this guy who was you know John C. Lilly who was the, the government wanted him to reverse engineer LSD and they wanted him to make ketamine and PCP non-addictive substitutes to codeine for the CIA to use in I like this guy techniques. 
He's my kind he's, of guy. They want him to John, develop ketamine. I like that. John C. Lilly is beyond interesting. Love him or hate him. Love or hate drugs. Like, honestly, mm-hmm. John C. Lilly. So Echo the Dolphin is based on and exists because of John C. The Lilly. The video game that we always played, Echo the Dolphin, that oh, was totally. huge. Yeah, that was a huge game. You can check out, I got. I have an interview with Ed Nunciata, the creator of that game, because I was just like, really? I got to know more. But so you played that game like a crazy oh, yeah. kid, too? Yeah. Why was yeah. that game? I used to suck at it. My, like, you know, my neighbor always be like, beat it so much faster than me. I mean, I always, he'd have to help me play it, you know? It was uh, just so big. The reason is because they wanted, you know, not to, you to rent it. They wanted you to buy the game, and he was, yeah. have like a, there's like a learning curve. But, you know, you deal with the time machine, there's Atlantis. You have to travel back in time and you have to deal with this uh, reptilian echo, the dolphin. echo. The echo has to fight this Borg, uh, lit, like a uh, evil queen and everything. But OK, before the game, because you can watch my video on that. Um, Epstein, oh, Lily. OK, so John C. Lily was working for the government. The government said, great, you made us all these drugs. What can you do besides help us mind control and interrogate humans? And he's like, well, we have to. They're like, what about remote viewing? Because we knew echolocation. And uh, it's not enough when we're underground to find all these tunnels and places to go in the ocean. He's like, well, dolphins are really good at that. Uh, What if we gave them drugs and we could control their minds? And I'll go further. We need to do echolocation in the dream realm. You know, we need to be able to see things in other dimensions, possibly. How do we fight dimension X? And these were the kinds of like the amount of money that America had in Russia was putting up with these sci-tech wars with us. Are this these people something- on LSD when they come up with this idea that they want to have uh, use technology to be able to fight the interdimensional these, beings? These guys, <laughs> these guys were probably on like AMT, IT290, or other kinds of more intense psychedelic drugs beyond just LSD25. But there were, I mean, gosh, the, you know, like for instance, Alexander Shulgin, who created Pickle and Tickle, uh, If Any Fellow Means I Have Known in Love, which is like a book this thick on all the psychedelic drugs he created. And Tryptamines I've known and love, pickle your tickle. That that one's another. <laughs> There's so many, and the, they, they created all these, and they weren't able to test them on humans te- legally, but they had Hell's Angels who were connected with Augustus Stanley Osley, who's the third because his first was his grandfather, who was the uh, governor of Alabama, and he was the one who was helping the Grateful Dead distribute all these drugs, and the Grateful Dead were on the Freedom of Information Act shows. Well, Tim Leary, was he CIA then? Is that what you're saying? I mean, he had to be, right? Better. I mean, he was the CIA was financing the groups like the Black Panthers that they'd infiltrated and taken over like the Weather Underground so that they could put him in Africa. They got him out and they, they flew him to Africa. So, I mean, in terms of the way, I mean, it's just such a CIA operation, but Hold on. Everything is a CIA operation. Yeah. I'm not just saying that lightly, but sorry, sorry. It kind of has to. It, no, no, you're right. But it kind of has to be. I just might. I was so trying to train my thoughts. So you were John, overloading, dude. You were you were going into the. You were interdimensional right there. You were not on this dimension. <laughs> sorry, go but ahead. John C. Lilly. John C. Lilly. He 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 was saying, okay, echolocation in the dream realm with dolphins, and beyond that, how smart are dolphins? So he started training dolphins in Virginia Beach, uh, and he eventually had this dolphin, which they were training to uh, speak English. And they had a lady there and she was like, A, B, C, D. I got another video on this. You should see in my Echo series. Well, you know, um, this is real because this is in James Bond. So yeah, anything yeah. in James Bond is real. And Flipper uh, and Flipper. I think there's a there's another movie called like The Art of the Dolphin or something like The Day of the Dolphin, I think is the one with. Um, well, it's just it's a crazy movie about like dolphin spies and whatever, well, all they are able to learn. But the thing is, they were really pushing the idea that this was working. Dolphins could not speak properly. They could mimic certain amounts of sounds, but like, eh. 
Like it's not perfect. But a dolphin can do that because then I know there's that oh, yeah. book that guy had sex with a dolphin. Or, or and that's, that, that's true. The internet guy. And he's like, don't ever, you know, like you always be the dominant person in that relationship. But yeah, like the dolphin happened, wanted. <laughs> what, happened, what happened with John C. Lilly is he had a lady who was training the dolphin who fell in love with the dolphin. And the, well, the dolphin fell in love with her for sure. But she was uh, eventually ple- like uh, relieving the dolphin of masturbating. Know, yeah, the yeah. Absolutely. And I think they still jerk off the dolphins at the sea world now. Actually, I'm not kidding. I think they have to do it. Actually. I mean, uh, imagine how insane the lives of these dolphins are. And eventually they shut down the program and the dolphin killed itself. Like went to the bottom. Oh yeah. That dolphin was different. Yeah. He did kill himself, but they have to do weird sexual stuff with the dolphins. I know that because they get all sexually. Yeah. Dolphins are wild. Yeah. Yeah. Cetaceans are wild. But the thing is that Island eventually John C. Lilly went and he told his friends and they had this party, which they're, created the order of the dolphin, which then became SETI because they said, wow, if, you know, dolphins are able to learn how to communicate and that means that anybody could, or lots of things could, and that in space, the Drake equation is that much more exponentially likely to find other communicative kinds of life. So the order of the dolphin, which then became SETI and that all happened in Virginia beach at the home world, at the location of the current home of Epstein. So in Virginia Beach, because that's close to D.C. That's why I was in that area. You think? Yeah. 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 But it's also very valuable, you know, like this, you know, this, this connect, you know, there's a number of um, there's a number of other little operations that were going on in that same area that all tie back into, you know, the, the dolphin research. Oh, but David Brin, who wrote Uplift, talked about how we're uplifting certain kinds of animals, which is why we have to be very careful when we uplift monkeys. Case in point. Wow. I mean, you know, and, and people want to say we evolved from a monkey. I just don't, I don't believe that. I don't think I evolved. I don't think I evolved from pond scum, but I, I don't know how I got here. But, the, you know, the transitional species is missing. So what, in your opinion, we were talking about Darwin. What do you think kind of is, what's the biggest lie that, that there's no God or that we, you know, in your opinion? Probably. Right? I feel like that's probably the biggest lie, right? Because like the idea that we are random completely is proven false. And it's very clearly a proven false in the last few years. You have science proving it, proving it false. This isn't even just, we've been saying it's false for a long time, but now science itself, who said, hey, maybe it's not, maybe, you know, now there's, maybe it is true that we're all chaos and there's complete chaos uh, math behind everything, just randomly jamming fractals together. At the end of the day, we look at DNA and DNA shows you that that's not true. Scientists, atheists should all know that. And most of them, it seems like, some people don't know things for 10 or 20 years, but the kids educated now, they're the ones who are allowed to know that two plus two equals five in circumstances where it has to. They're telling them about simulation theory. They're telling them whatever they have to, to deal with the fact that things are not so random. There's this intelligent design or this grand architecture if you're Masonic about it, whatever you prefer, you know, well go into that. What is the What is that? They care the Masonic. They think it's a, their verbiage is grand architecture, you know, instead of intelligent yeah. design. What is that? I, I just I mean, like, they're, they're people call arguing. me a Mason. I'm saying people always, Oh, Alex is a CIA 33rd degree for Mason. So now that we it's got into Mason, wear a suit, I know, know? And I don't care. No, I think it's funny. I'm and, start and, wearing a suit. It well, looks I, good, I like know? talking about it. And if I give up that impression, <laughs> that's not that big a deal, but what, so what is their kind of, I mean, I know you're not a Mason expert but what is their vibe why do they think it's a creator because uh, they would probably know i mean that hillary clinton knows there's a god that's why they, they all know i've seen in them they they all worship the devil i believe i mean that sounds crazy or some sort of form of some well, paganistic polytheistic god in in albert pike's um morals and dogma 
which mentions Tartaria, I think eight to 11 times. Um, they mentioned that more John of a dogma Will- does in that in, in, yeah. in Albert Pike's talks, book. Yeah. It talks about the Tartars a lot and like the reasons why they lost their throning and what happened to the, them in history. One of the wow. main reasons I started looking into it too. So when my grandfather died, he left me his books and I found, I was like, Oh, okay. All right. I'll check that out. But what you look through is it's got 33 degrees and they're all described pretty well, but you have to go back and you have to reanalyze what the degrees are. And the first three degrees are the most essential to the, to this entered apprenticeship. It's very interesting how Freemasonry comes out right on the time of Jesuit suppression. Like Jesuits are kicked out of the Catholic church and they lose all of their colonies in Japan, which is a half Catholic, right? Kills a bunch of Japanese people, genocides a bunch of Japanese people for being Catholic. That movie Scorsese made silence and it talks about that a bit. Um, basically everyone had to have something else in Europe. And so you've got the, 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 the idea of building this, um, YMCA like franchise out of the Freemasons. But, well, but, but, what, but how does that connect to Constantine then though, in the Bible and the Freemasonry is he, is he connected or, you know, I mean, well, so the, so what's funny is the, the Masons will tell you, well, there's actually a secret history because history is a lie, you know? Yeah. And so they're like, do you want to know who really built the pyramids and who built it and what it's really all Atlantis is about. So they're always telling you that there's a, another history with a different chronology, kind of like Fomenko does about Tartaria. And that, you know, the, the current history that we understand, for instance, 1300s and 300s and things that happened with Constantine afterwards, um, changing the faith. Well, that masonry goes back beyond history thousands of years because it's the secret men's club that goes back to before the order of Melchizedek, who's the first tax right that can take over. Uh, not everybody loves the, their whole bag. And but what's interesting about Albert Pike was he wasn't really, you know, educated in these big schools. He was privately educated or independently educated. He was a Mason at sight, which a Mason at sight is someone who hasn't necessarily been, um, you can become a Mason at sight just by being another Mason, being aware that, you know, all the protocol of being a Mason. So if you're familiar with everything, is that how they get celebrities in? Is that why they let celebrities like Shaq wear the apron and all that stuff? Cause you can kind of be, I think he's, I think he is a Prince hall though. Isn't he? He has an apron, his picture. Yeah. A lot of people who went to uh, like African-American colleges are often associated with a fraternity. Him and I went to the same college LSU, but he was in the black fraternity. The cute. There it is. Yeah. And so there's always a, there's always a way, you know, and the Prince, and the other thing is that masonry is called, the Moorish sciences and Moors were considered to be black, even though there are blonde Berbers, et cetera. This idea that, you know, the Shriner hat comes from, um, and that the Scots also, because the Scottish people have kilts, which in bag bagpipes, which come from Africa, they come from Botswana. It's, it's always so hard to get in, but I was just talking the other day is I'm happy I wasn't in a fraternity and didn't get spanked by dudes. Not that I, a lot of my friends right. are in a fraternity. That's good. But like people like want to say, Oh, I'm a shield. It's like, I wasn't even in fraternity. I didn't even do a secret, you know, ceremony where I spanked other dudes. So I've really not. And I, you know, I'm not in any secret society, not even like a one that's normal and accepted in society. Right. I mean, in general, I think the biggest problem is they don't want to open source everything. And I've said this to a number of Masons because a lot of times they want me to be a part of it because I do know enough about it. But I have to say, it's like, uh, I don't see what you're offering me anymore. You know, Mm -hmm. at this level, all the secrets are out and anything beyond that, if I were to learn it, I wouldn't be able to share it, which is a big part of what I do. So (laughs) it kind of ruined my, I'd have to change careers. I don't know. I mean, you're you're an open book, not a closed one. It doesn't work. 
Yeah, it's not fun. But yeah. at the same time, masonry does, you can get the open book, you can get the morals and dogma, you can read through all of these. It talks about how atheists and Christians have to simultaneously uh, converge out of the Enlightenment era because you have people that still hold on to relative truths and um, ontological truths. And you have other people that are saying, oh, well, we need to use ontology to break up everything and say, this isn't a chair. This is a bunch of wood or these are particles of carbon until eventually they find the inner fabric of everything. And we can depersonify God again, which is what connects Islam to this whole thing, because the more sciences and Spain, which was at the Tartarian period, Cordoba Caliphate was, you know, Maimonides was a Jewish uh, secular doctor who ran this Muslim state, which was Spain at the time, and made it possible for Christians, Muslims, Jews, atheists to all converge and have what we call the dark age, this real age of enlightenment that was going on, that was an Islamic um, spring, really, like a prototypical. And at that, out of that came electricity and camera obscura and technologies that made their way into Holland. There's a movie, Tim's Vermeer, which talks about how they can't recreate the painting. This is a great movie. Yeah. It's it's all because of the technology that comes from uh, Spain because the Spain controlled Holland and there was a 70 year war and the tulip, the turban is what it means. Actually. I didn't even think about Tim's veneer though, how they can't recreate that painting. They can't recreate the freaking pyramids, but they said they built all that world's fair stuff without a one power drill. Doesn't make sense. But they can recreate it if they use certain kinds of things like light, reflective mirrors, uh, crystal balls that have been shaved into lenses or using kinds of quicksilver under glass mirrors that can expand, you know, a beveled mirror. But this is like secret architecture, secret geometry. I mean, this is some sort of secret. These are the kinds of things that you keep secret handshakes over so that you made sure that you had a trade that other people didn't have. And in that, you could also expect that there would be other secrets that they could have. But this is all, I mean... Things have changed. Now you don't even realize it, but if you have a Facebook, you're or Meta, you're in a fraternity, right? That M thing looks more and more like Google's apron, but it's spherical. Like at the same time, it's always been that weird staff. And if you start looking into how many secret lodges exist on Facebook, you see, oh, well, the whole thing is built in the image and effigy of the Grand Lodge. Got it. We're all part of this idea of need to know basis. The military has done the same thing. The problem with that is that you can't, I mean, well, well I don't know. I, as I get older, I wish people could handle the truth. And I realize a lot of time the truth offends people. And that's where Freemasonry really thrived was in a time when the Jesuits were suppressed and certain things were not being allowed to be said, or they would be killed for saying them. Well, and they tell us the internet was developed by the military, Tim Berners-Lee or whatever, so they could use, you know, transfer military information back and forth throughout the country. So if the, if the, the internet that they give us was created by the government, then of course there's going to be nothing free. They give us the illusion that we know, but it's all, there's nothing free on the internet. It's all, it's all bullcrap. So Facebook was chosen. It was not accidental, like Mark Zuckerberg or out of Harvard, this and that. Maybe he was a brilliant broadcaster. I mean, a brilliant programmer, but you know, they still, what I'm saying is they still pump him up. They, they pick these people. It's like Bill Gates. He didn't develop the software for Microsoft. He actually stole that software. He bought the software from somebody else and, and sold it to IBM, who was the hardware person. So he really just got lucky. He got chosen. And the fact that his dad was, you know, eugenicist, I don't think it's accidental that, that all that happened. If, if, if you take a drone bee and you feed it the royal honey, it, can, it, it starts to look more and more like a queen bee, no? 
So it's all about what you're raised on, like how you grow something. You can prince and pauper, and the Freemasons love stories of a prince who's been switched with a pauper or a king who they gets love hit this in the story. Head and prince of the pauper, yeah, it's one of their favorites. Yeah. It's because meritocracy, nepotism, Machiavellianism. These are the things. These are the struggles of the elite. There's the elite who are nepotistically raising themselves to be bettering each other, but there's also the meritocracy of foundlings and the foundlings are so many people. They're like, what's who cares what happened before I was found in a crib outside of the, you know, cathedral of Annunziata, you know, cause you know, in, in Italy, there's, you take a baby into the church of Annunziata and you put it into uh, this mouth in front of the church and close the mouth of this goblin uh, gargoyle. And then on the other side, the baby opens up into the church and that's how they take it to the orphanage. And this is what they used to do, right? Or so it's like you're sacrificing it to Moloch, basically. Yeah, but you're giving it to God instead. I mean, really? Yeah. Like, this is... So um, people people have always kind and of... And this is a Catholic church that we know is basically based yeah. in Satanism? Yeah. Okay. Well, the Catholic church also has to be... It's built on top of other churches. So you have the communities that were always there. They're going to continue to do what they always did. And that's kind of the thing that's weirdly beautiful about the Catholic church's control of um, disinformation campaign. When you go and you start looking for places and you say, well, where what was the history here before? It's really hard to tell because the history has been somehow transmuted into what's going on now in this weird way that has a very obscure relation to what actually it used to be about, you know, but you've got people giving coins in Ireland because of St. Christopher, who was originally this, you know, Saxon Gaelic uh, spirit of the, the, the river of sticks or whatever that leads you to the Tartarus, et cetera. So there's always these convoluted levels. And it's weird if you think anything like basically the whole world is ran from the Vatican and Rome. It, it, I mean, you know, it, it, it's they're banking. Yeah, I mean, bank, their banking is like when people say who runs the banks, the Vatican runs the banks. Nobody talks about the Vatican runs the banks. What happened with that? Well, What's the deal with the Vatican running the banks? Sorry. Well, there you go, Jerry. But they, this is the deal. But they, like people don't realize, you know, I mean, there's definitely it's not people always say, oh, it's the Jews, it's this, that, it's the Catholics, it's just there's a there's a uh, what I believe is the big problem is that America is being run by multinational multinational corporations that don't have a soul. So we're basically run by Satan, and their game plan is from the Bible, Genesis. Chapter eleven, verse nine: the the Tower of Babel, the you know, story of Nimrod trying to create a one world uh, or one tower, make everybody everybody spoke the same language to build a huge tower to the kingdom of heaven to kill God, and God struck us down and made us speak different languages. So what they want to do is recreate that by making us under one currency, one language, one ruler, and then that is Satan at the end of the day. I mean, isn't it funny though? Okay, and back to God, Luciferianism, darkness, light, man, woman, um, Allah, L A F for Spanish, right? Because he, she. Twenty bucks. They love you. Yeah, Andreas is Charlie. a fountain. Andreas is a fountain of interesting information. That's what oh, Charlie. Thank you. Yeah. That's based. Okay, so yeah. if you think about it, that's awesome. If you think about how uh, originally there was darkness, and then she said, "Let there be light," right, and out of the water. And this is also interesting because we have the in feminine for certain places, and there's no the in Latin. So of course, you know, if you think about how from Aramaic to Greek to Latin things get lost on the way to English. But then she says, let there be light and light is separated. God says, I will separate myself from the light, which is in where Lucifer comes and begins the architecture. So the architecture is no longer completely in the hands of God because God has created a dynamic. that's not even this pantheist dynamic. It's inside of God, inside of the Omega point beyond the Alpha and the Omega. There is 
Lucifer and Lucifer is the most beautiful angel and the architect and all these other things that we're supposed to talk about the morning star before the bright morning star, which again, Sirius, you know, goofy and Pluto, right. For the two dogs of the canine that represent the Sirius stars. So, so much of the, the myth of Christianity is confused by during the enlightenment period, the idea that God is Lucifer and they're saying God is this light. That's the shine. That's not the way the Bible really shows it and so much of the you know what we're saying is you know good and like okay so babylon is supposed to be we all talked and then we tried to reach god and then god divided us so are we saying that we're better off or we're gonna we're gonna be closer to god if we all speak one language because i also see the other thing happening where the internet has divided people it used to be when i was a kid everyone in every country spoke english because they had the internet and we were all talking in the same chat room now they're all these like people that only speak Spanish in the Spanish discord, you know, yeah, oh, only- they're, 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 you know, nationalized or identity, you know, whatever. Yeah. I, I, We're closing I, borders. We're yeah. closing borders online and it's, it's ideological borders it's psychological borders, but it's making it harder for people to uniformly harmonize. And I think maybe that's not a bad thing for us to uniformly harmonize. Maybe I'm wrong, but if we all spoke the same language and we could communicate, but what does that really mean? Well, I, think they, English- I think they, I think they got us and the idiocracy, they got us in, in, you know, 20 years, you're just going to have emojis at all the restaurants. You know, you're just going to have a happy face emoji, cheeseburger emoji, pepperoni, you know, you they mean, we're going to go, we're going to go right back to hieroglyphs. Basically, exactly. A hundred percent. That's the one world. Uh, that's the, 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 we can't speak the same language. You're just going to have emojis and you'll be able to communicate well, with that. Well, so interesting because the Phoenicians and Tyre and Tripoli, right? Like, so the tar again with Tartaria, like there was no people called the Phoenicians, but we use it to describe the fact that they recorded phonemes. Um, originally you have meta tags. We have these symbols and people know what the symbols represent, which is also how China uses a lot of their symbols besides phonemes. But as time went on, we're like, wow, I can read this. You're like, but you're still going to say, is this exertus or exertus or exert, you know, it confuses people, but eventually you can say, Hey, that's a sun. And so the idea of meta tagging experience and video has made this more and more possible so that very soon we'll have neural links and you'll be able to replace language with experience. And that's crazy because that's what the Taoists said used to be the case. And what Lacan, terrified philosopher, was saying was the worst possible idea because everything is a reflection of psychoanalysis and analytical experience. So everything that I experienced or you experience, and I experience the trauma or humor of your inner experience, the, my memories of love or lack of love will define whatever sounds I'm using. Plus, the, even the sound itself isn't the same as what's written down. So my inflections are, whether I've been humored or frightened before, I might learn how to cry or laugh or speak in a way that is by itself. I could be just mumbling right now, blah, 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 blah. You know, what does it even matter? It's just like, oh, this is a way I'm going to experience life. So you could replace all that with, I think Elon Musk said, the actual experience of, let's say you're uh, someone who likes to have um, extroverted sexual experiences. So you have sex with a girl and you say, hey, buddy, check my uh, experience out. And so they're able to experience the memory and the, of the, the sensations, the sens- sensorial that sensations. That you had. Yeah. But is that the same? Because I tell you what, I might be able to write a better story about a sexual experience than the experience itself. And you might not be able to feel the same way about the experience as some other person, depending on your mood. 
So well, I have a good analogy with that. They say this is why they say um, magic is bad because let's say you you magic works or you know they you know they I do believe there's probably some sort of weird you know spell system. But let's say you do some magic and then you use a magic spell for love to say you go to a witch you say I want to make that woman fall in love with me. You do a magic spell. Well, do you think that marriage would be a good marriage if you had these? You know, I mean, it's going to be the worst marriage ever. You know, so it's like it's kind of a catch twenty two. You know, it could uh, be it could be a gorilla finger, but I think a lot of the time um, the best marriages tragically are these arranged marriages because they're like corporations, <laughs> right? You know? And so we're stuck with this idea of, of, of immediate love and choice and all Talking these about like things. Ivanka Trump and, and, uh, and Jared Kushner. What, what are you talking about? Arranged marriage like that, basically. I mean, they, they, if you have a goal with somebody, it lasts, it seems like it lasts longer. No, if you have, yeah. if you have a religious, uh, for, goal to get beyond your, Lifetime? That seems like the best. Like smoking meth. Enough. I've seen meth couples of forever. Their goal is to smoke <laughs> meth all the time. You know, I mean, that's one Fair. thing. <laughs> well, you know, well, Andreas, this is one thing I just want to say. Why is it that? And I noticed that, like, a lot of the homeless stuff I see. Why does a homeless guy always be able to have a girlfriend? But now, this day and age with dating apps, normal guys that have good jobs can't find a girlfriend to save their lives. But like crackheads on the street always have a girlfriend. It seems well, like. a wise, <laughs> a wise construction worker, uh, manager, contractor from Minnesota once told me that every butt has a seat. And I think that's yeah. true. It's kind of like the lonely fish in the sea thing. People are so desperately lonely, you know, and yeah. there's these people I've met who are, um, uh, what do you call it? Where you pick up artists yeah. and they have books on pickup artistry and everything, the craft of, of manipulating a female. And I'm, just, I'm thinking to myself, it's really not that different than manipulating anybody else. It's the same exact uh, premise. You find where someone's vulnerable, what they're worried about revealing about themselves, and you see the imposter mask that they're trying to present. And you say, hey, even though I saw through it, I will help you. I will help uh, convince the world that you don't exist and that your lie is true. And that's a big part of what makes love work. Wow, it's helping people like what protecting them from their own vulnerabilities by like helping them live the lie that they try to project, I guess, where you're comfortable. Yeah, it's like that sense. movie Psycho, right? You've got, you know, the downstairs is the um the you, you, in the the first floor is the the ego i think and then the uh, second floor is the super ego the mother is this crazed character which is the extrapersonal that he's using to project and he's saying well i have to do these things because she exists but really she is just his own rational and then the it is you know his 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 silent conscious psych, uh, psychopathic drive right so we're constantly in this in this situation where we're saying this is who we are and this is what makes us up, but it's not really true. Well, would you do that? What is the Jim Carrey movie? Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, or what is Eternal? Whatever. Never erase. Never yeah. erase anything. Would you, too, ever erase like, like, you would never erase uh, it. You would never Men in Black. Never. I never. I never erase anything. I'm pretty sure. I don't I like think the they, idea. I think they try to do that therapy now. It's called NRMD therapy or something like that. You know, they kind of try. It's almost like Scientology kind of tries to do that a little bit with the with the cans. I feel like. Yeah, although okay, Scientology gets a really bad rap. Um, that's going to be a weird thing to say. No, I think but, I've but met that, some Scientologists. People say, "Oh, yeah. Alex, you're a Scientologist." Most Scientologists all have their shit together, but they're a little weird. <laughs> I, love, yeah. I love how if anyone, and I love this, if you put yourself in the shoes of anyone for one second, then all of a sudden you are that person. That's terrifying, and I think that's kind of the point of that metaphor. So mm -hmm. please, you know, understand. I'm not saying you should like pay money to no, any group. Do not. Ever. I'm not saying any group. Do don't pay money to any group ever. I mean, like, do me, not join Scientology. But but if you're if you're if you're going to look at free zone and you know it's illegal in Germany and I think in Russia too. So they have their own non-connected to the church 
groups that do their dynamic training, which was stolen by his wife, right? Not oh, squirrel technology or whatever. It's like squirrel, the squirrel technology. Yeah, yeah. And I, I kind of think that you look at the Jesuit confession and you look at the CIA interrogation and in the milieu, in the middle there, you have this idea of the Dianetics um, auditing. And there's, there's something to that because you do have engrams, ingrained memories, and these are all slogans they use, but let's be real. People have ingrained memories, which are causing them to react certain ways, which are triggers. We all have some memory we can think about and cringe. Sorry, go ahead. We all have that, you know? Yeah. yeah. But do not kill the cringe, but kill the part of you that does cringe, I think is the, the lesson there, you know? Okay. <laughs> Except it, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I'm reliving all these bad things, but then that like, where it gets a little wonky is I, I, I don't know. I don't know psychoanalysis, how much that really helps. I think it is good to talk to people, but at the same time, you know, uh, maybe we overdo it. Is you were talking about sensitivity? Aren't we too sensitive now? And like humor's dead. I mean, we're never going to have uh, uh, any sort of uh, entertainment that can be even considered like um, edgy because that edginess is gone. Everything will be sterile and cookie cutter from the future on. It can't. It can't last. You know, I mean, the next generations are already pushing back. You see these ten to twelve year old kids, and they're just the hardest core of any thing I've ever seen. I'm like, wow, dang. Like, because they're, they're so not paying attention to anything anymore other than their TikToks that they've also found some pretty crazy 4chan equivalents. And so the future is probably just going to reset itself the same way that, and this happens all the time. So I'm hearing all these kids right now saying like, Joe, I don't know if you see Joey B. Tunes, good friend of mine. I love Joey. He has all these great things about Demi Lovato's being terrible. She used to look uh, like Selena. Now she looks like the lady that killed Selena. Ha ha ha. She wants to date ghosts, have lesbian affairs with ghosts. She's just gone off her rock. Yeah, I mean, which is exciting. People I love it. That's why she's getting more news following. This is how PR works. Yeah, but you're going to find, you know, also uh, narcissist uh, addictions where people are like selfie addictions and he's constantly saying, what happened? People weren't like this before. And I have to be like, dude, I just got a giant torrent file and I shouldn't have with all these pictures of Betty White naked when she was like 19 black and white is that you know, true because, well, oh, yeah, for oh sure. wow yeah. i need to her boudoir you, she has boudoir shoots of her nude i'm gonna have to look into that a little later uh, i mean YouTube. yeah i feel i feel ashamed but the point was not for me it was like bro i'll prove to you this exists and it's always had if you've never heard of vaudeville and you're from the catskills where i mean you should know like most people go through a action reaction in society, there are some people left out of it, but for the most part, especially in cities, right? And so you look at uh, the boomers, you know, they're the survivors of the hippie generation. So there are people that don't go the whole way, but everyone else can be effectively neutralized, no? And this is what we were seeing with the, you know, the, the next generation were yuppies. And so then the yuppies have another generation, which after the yuppies, you have all these kids who are lazy to drugs uh, and, and uh, let things fall apart. But then you have another generation that comes, which is more... Uh, conservative or upstarty or whatever. Well, go back to the Puritans. The Puritans exist because they're reacting against the Libertines. The Libertines see my video, the fire of London, psychedelic 1666. It's on my channel. 1666 was the craziest year. The sixties were the craziest time, but it was in the 1600s because everyone had syphilis. People were having sex in the streets, the cursing, the, 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 the things that you were allowed to do, you could do anything you wanted. And so nobody liked that at a certain point they cut off the president of england's head because you know they killed the king already and they had this guy cromwell lord protectorate basically a president they killed him and then they had him replaced with the son of the king who's living in amsterdam and like please come back and he's like i don't know and he's like smoking weed and they're like no you got to come back otherwise it's terrible so they say okay how about we'll make you king we're not going to vote on it you just be king but 
you protect our self-determination and we'll get rid of the democracy thing. It doesn't even, yeah. And that's how England got to where it is now. But for a while you had Puritans and they were freaking people out. And that was the reaction. They're like, okay, calm down. So they sent them to Lytle, which is in Holland, and they were allowed to do whatever they wanted, including be Puritans, but everyone else was doing drugs around them. Like, this is crazy. We got to get out of here. So then they went to America and then they started saying, you can't do anything on Sunday and blah, blah, blah. And then people reacted against that. So we're constantly getting a generation after another generation. But let me say this. This is the problem is we got a freaking whole nation of red pill youth for sure. They all have the internet early so they can figure out 9-11 was an inside job, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, they can even go overboard deep into the rabbit hole. But at 9-11 the same- was an inside joke. Yeah, well, whatever whatever you want to say about 9-11, I'm just saying they can say that the story they tell us is not true. But, dude, it doesn't matter because they're killing all these kids with this fentanyl that they're just, just going through the border. I mean, the opioid crisis is way worse than any sort of um, a, a virus. I mean, the, that's the op- almost done. That's almost done. So because of China, you know, give credit where credit's due. China basically destroyed the opiate crisis by destroying America with fentanyl because we had the CIA in Afghanistan, you know, uh, coffee field. They had a lot of money and they had a lot of cocaine in South America too. But now you have synthetic amphetamines and you have synthetic fentanyls that are so much more powerful and so much cheaper that it's completely disrupted their market. But which is worse because these people oh, cut it. Definitely a worse. friend of mine died, Clark Gable. I'm telling you, Andrea, so he, the guy, yeah. I, I'd seen him. He's a party animal. He'd be at the strip club till, till every till they closed. And he died <laughs> taking two Vicodin just because he was hungover. Wow. And, and, but they were had fentanyl and he died in wow. bed. With, I'm saying, I would have thought the guy would have died in a blaze of glory with 10 strippers no, and a gun. No, he died that's, not how Beowulf, that's not yeah. how Beowulf goes out. Have you read Beowulf? No, Beowulf. how does Beowulf go out? Well, Beowulf's great because in the middle of Beowulf, he's fighting this giant dragon. And everything's great because he wins. But when he's old, you know, finally, it's not that impressive is the point. Because when you're, you know, eventually it's like it's not like you find the princess in Mario. It's like Duck Hunt. You just keep fighting until eventually you're too tired to fight anymore. And that's that's what they're doing to all of us. But you got to stay away from the drugs. Obviously, I'm just saying that the problem that's already existed now you've got China to deal with it. And we also are going to start seeing more synthetic alternatives. I think you've seen ketamine and things like phenylcyclophalamines and aracyclohexamines are starting to replace the addiction problem. You're going to start seeing that. And this happened in the seventies. They had all kinds of interesting drugs, quaaludes and et cetera, that were banned. All of a sudden, a thing called Romulin came out. Romulin was a DXM tablet you could get over the counter at 7-Eleven. And it was just crazy, knock you out and let you sweat out all the stuff that you've been taking. And that helped a lot of people start drinking coffee and going back to the factory. So we're going to see that. But for the most part, this war is stopping people from having kids. I, don't, I forget if we mentioned this idea of like how many kids are people in Bolivia. You know, they used to have 15 kids uh, and each one of them. And then and then they had two kids. And now those kids are having cats. They're making sure that people are having less kids. Wait, so and, you think you think the South Americans are having less families, too? Because the border, I mean, oh, I, yeah. hate, I hate to be so annoying Chile. and be like, well, I hate to be like border crisis, but the border is a mess. And I mean, I see them at the lake. Well, I can, Central I, America, Central America is not South America. Please. Yeah, okay. There's a yeah, distinction sorry, with, yeah. I just want I just want people to know that like they have cobblestone. Some are coming from Central America, though. Some are coming from Central uh, Central America has Guatemala, Honduras, all these places that are this is happening. South America, though, Chile has one point eight birth rate. So they're depleting in birth rate. So they brought in a million people from Haiti so they could.
could fill in jobs. South America has got their own land and their own resources, resources and their own issues. It's middle America. It's really the, the situation. You're not seeing a lot of Colombians rushing the border. You know, it's people <laughs> from North America in Central America. Yeah, but, right. And that's also OK. Why is that happening? Because it's being it's being demanded by the, the system that wants to destroy uh, uni, 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 unionization of labor, start to introduce automation. And eventually it's supposed to saturate the democracy so that you can create a hierarchy, which has a cross-sectional, intersectional, uh, oppressive nature, and eventually will take away the rights of everybody. It'll also make it easier for Americans to realize they're not United States Americans as they're folding the United States into a single state of the American trade network and the European uh, United Nations system. Well, and, and that's the thing is we really are following some sort of vague globalization plan and people can't see that. I mean, is that our biggest threat is the subversion of American independence, in your opinion? Or what, what's the biggest I mean, threat? It's definitely, it's, it's definitely I mean, at least it's an interesting it's it's a, it's an interesting way of putting it. I think that America is one of the bastions of constitutionalism. I think that's probably the thing that we're, because you go to Africa for freedom, you look at Jack Dorsey and he's, he's gone to the only place he can go if he wants to actually have freedom to do something. But constitutionalism is really Africa has the lowest rate of COVID mortality. Go ahead. And they have a, a, that's, a, a sorry. That's, that's based. Good job, Africa. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, so America has uh, all kinds of laws that we're following. And one of them is this idea of, you know, the Roman Napoleonic British um, milieu again, this idea of there's being a mix of these different things that Napoleonic law was the Novu France that was Louisiana that went across. And then the colonial Queens, uh, system, which is this common law, this case law system says, okay, if this was accepted as law a hundred years ago and it hasn't been said not law now, then it's still law. No. So we'll continue to use it as law. This will be the future of, 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 of this state is we'll use the same ruling. And then that will be then in the future, they'll say, well, we used it. So they used it, they can use it. And again, so case law just continues to grow on itself. And in America, we used to say, okay, well, constitutional federal law supersedes state law. When it's about the constitution, you can make any law you want, but if it's proven to be unconstitutional or against certain kinds of Supreme court rulings, then we have to remove it. Well, now you've got federal judges since 20 years ago that have been using international law as, to set their case law, not federal. Yeah. So they're saying, well, the United Nations and the ICC, the International Criminal Court in Africa, when, and this is also another use that they had in Africa is because you had Rhodesian states, which were you take two people and you put them in one place and you take half of them and you put them with, in another place. So they're, they're, they're broken up. They can't even deal with each other. But you have the Hutu and the Watutsis and then Hopefully they just take care of it, right? Yeah. So eventually you That's have. That's what all they're these... doing in America. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, exactly. It worked in one place. So did AIDS, you know, CIAs. So they're getting to a point where they have people say, okay, you deal with it. We had so much genocide, war crimes, we're going to call them. We need to figure it out. And the ICC then takes the case. And then they make that law, international law, because they say, well, no, like Botswana said that this was fair. So then all of a sudden, <laughs> someone in Mississippi has to follow this law because. They think it's from a higher court. They think, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's what they're and because and because then you have BLM, which matters. And I don't mean, I do mean the Bureau of Land Management. When we're talking about BLM, everyone, there's a lot of other stuff going on. But Bureau of Land Management uses Napoleonic law as this idea of a dictator, like a chieftain that can do whatever absolute laws, monarchy they want with whatever regards to whatever because they're not following necessarily the Constitution, and they can use this for you know, it's we've been told it's for reservations for Native Americans. 
But really, isn't it being used mostly for taking land that has natural gas reserves and pipelines? And, you know, this is the other side of it that we've been hearing. And everyone gets upset about that. But really, you got to think about how interesting it is when they took half of Oklahoma and they gave it to the BLM. They take 200 miles of California coastline and they gave it to the BLM. These are places that are now starting to divide up the United States and make it possible for this American trade network. Wow. So that's kind of what you think, kind of to wrap this up. You've been such a great guest. You know, we'll try to wrap this up in the next five, 10 minutes if we can kind of get the last few thoughts. He's like, oh such- my God, I no, need a water. Yeah, no, no, I love fair. it. I could say all night. We got almost 200 people watching. We got more than 200 just almost on, on just YouTube. We got a bunch of different channels. So we got probably, I think the total we got through 347 total. That's a lot. It's good for this show, Andres, for me. That's really good. I, totally- I feel like throughout the week, people will start to appear. You know, that's how it goes. Yeah, but okay. So let's talk about this. What is kind of the plan for 2022, and like you know, we, you know, all of the psyops and stuff. When, what, what do you think's like? I guess the biggest threat to us, or like, what do you expect to the upcoming year? And and you I know, mean, so everyone keeps asking, like, is there a war coming? I say, like, notice how many wars are already going on right now. Look at Ukraine. Look at Poland. Look what's actually happening with Russia that's trying to build up an alternative to the European Union. And Shay Shay TK, twenty five bucks. I gotta cut you off. Shay Shay TK is my favorite. Love you, Alex. Andreas, very. I imagine we're probably going to see very awesome guests. We're going. I imagine we're going to engage in. We're going to join an already existing conflict of some kind. Uh, that will be the easiest way to to move forward with this. Simultaneously, you're going to start seeing more and more of these uh, psychological operations that have to do with the next phase of folding the United States and into the United Nations system. That's my main concern right now. I do think China and the United States are, might be uh, a peripheral issue that we start to notice because China now is going to start making more and more aggressive movements towards Taiwan and towards other places, but it's going to be kind of like right before world war two or sorry, right at the beginning and during world war two, the United States said, we're not in the war, but we're in the war. Like we're not sending our boys, but we're sending our iron. We're sending our steel. We're sending our tanks. We're sending our planes. You know, we're, we're, we're helping in the war. That's where America is in 2022. America is starting to figure out ways of putting its toes in the water for the international conflict that's coming. And we're going to create more media sensations and hysteria to provoke Americans into justifying another Iraq or whatever. But it will be and we already are in that with COVID right now. We already have a conflict. We already have a war against an enemy. But that enemy is transient more than communism, more than terrorism, because it's like a zombie. It's, a, it's something that can, can possess a human's body and others and infect them without their choice or their their demand or wish for it or desire, but it can also uh, be used to you know dehumanize. And I think that's that's what twenty twenty two is going to be about. Wow, and we have dehumanized each other. Like we don't even give each other the you know kind of respect that we deserve. Just that kind of natural humanistic respect. Like you look at somebody and if they don't have their mask on or if they do have a mask on, like like Joe Rogan said, the mask is just the MAGA hat for the left and the right is crazy too. All the ultra conservatives are just as nuts for being so anti. You know, uh, you know, instead of letting people do whatever they want, you know, instead of being like, what I'm saying is we're so divided, it's so done on purpose. I think you're right that the they're going to keep doing that psyop until. There is some sort of breaking point, but I don't think there will be a civil war because they could they could shut it down too fast. So I, I'm guessing that my biggest threats will be like the Internet turn off or, you know, just the control of the Patriot Act 2.0 where we'll have no freedom of speech. They'll know our browser history. They'll know our I think that's going to happen sooner than later, in my opinion. 
I feel like they already know all that stuff and the internet was shut down years ago. And what we have left is the remnants already. And that's kind of what we're talking about with the borders that have been put up on the internet. I don't. Let me ask you this. Are we in the post tribulation? You ever hear that theory that we've already been in the tribulation? We're in the leftovers. Have you ever heard that? Uh, I do. I do. I do kind of like it. Um, There are people that think that the tribulations happened a thousand years ago and that this is, that's all past that Um, in general, that, the idea that you're going to be plugged into the matrix is less likely than they will use Facebook and meta to record you and create an AI based on you that will work for a lot cheaper and think for a lot cheaper. So it also could be, you know, part of that simulation thing that we're all ghosts in a machine and do Android's dream of electric sheep. But for the most part, how is that much different than what atheists already believe about outside of their globular, you know, expansion theory that they've got this, a uh, series of mousetraps that are expanding and that the symmetry is creating everything and that you're just part of that. And even your emotions are all part of some cuckolded voyeuristic experience. that's not real. So I feel like you're better off believing that you have a choice to make because at the end of the day, metaphysics isn't about, you know, before or after it is about right now. So make that choice, but don't make the choice out of an illusion. Try to figure out what's the right thing to do and do it and just follow God's will. Crazy, right? That's my theory. It's deep, but we are spiritual beings having a physical experience. And I think if we attach to that spirituality, you know, we kind of, our lives have more meaning or I guess better purpose. Well, Andres, you nailed it. You got to come on again soon. We didn't even get, we even just barely scratched the surface. We didn't even get to Rogan. We didn't even get to freaking Disney. There were so many topics that we didn't Oh get my into. God, Joe gave me the, the, yeah, the what did he, I'm what, safe. He yeah, saved he, me. He, he, well, that's awesome. You know, we can't say anything on freaking <laughs> YouTube, but, and I don't even want to get too much. I know you guys have a little drama, speaking of cuckolding drama, so I don't want to get too much into that. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know what? I think our demographics need to open their minds a little bit. Exactly. Hey, that's one thing I want to say, guys. Well, Things we're going to cancel people for these days. And mm-hmm. people, guys, I don't care if you're gay and you have gay sex. I don't care if you're straight or you're straight. I don't care what anybody does sexually. I mean, unless it's not with children, it's you know all, what I mean? And I don't care yeah, what anybody exactly. does. Yeah. If, if it's too consensual, I think the log cabin is 10 consensual adults. <laughs> I want, all right, this is what's wrong with the, we're talking about Puritans, Libertarian, blah, 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 blah. I think the Republican log cabin needs to be an alternative to the pride movement. It says it's okay to do your own damn business in your own damn doors, under behind your own doors. And if we had that, then we'd have way you know it's okay to be great again or something like that i think i think we need we need people to be allowed to do some of the things that liberty was supposed to protect them to do having said all that you know what whatever it's none of my business and i i just wish people were they showed the love and respect that we we're trying to show that's all. That's, that's awesome. That's what we need to do. Show more love and respect to Andreas. You know that you're the man. I love you guys. You guys go to the link is in the description. Go follow Andreas on YouTube. Go make a nice comment. And then, you know, I have a link to his website. Please go give him a shout out. Say, uh, you, you were sent from Conspiracy Castle. Andreas, such a pleasure. Uh, you know, oh, a $9.11.10. Andreas is crushing. Andreas you know it's crushing. Buy my t shirts. Listen to my music. Check out my Instagram. Go on to watch Cast Castle on YouTube and find exertus.com. Yeah. Love you guys. Love you, man. Peace. All right, guys. Uh, I want to say thank y'all. Peace and